right, start yeah. the show. Uh, you guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. everybody and a ho 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 it's the saturday morning serial christmas movie episode uh it's me dan grimshay your host here on the podcast where we explore all the themes of saturday morning tv which not only did we grow up with hot damn they've been growing up with us too uh now to join me on this holiday spectacular And also, it's a multi-holiday spectacular, so you understand the stakes. It is not only our first official Christmas episode. We're doing this on Marquis' birthday. Marquis, birthday boy, where are you? Yo, what's happening, everybody? I am 44 today. I grew up a Christmas baby, and I'll always stay a Christmas baby. Well, that's true, you damn juvenile child. Happy birthday, (laughs) man, seriously. Thanks, man. Everyone do a shot. Jimmy's already doing it. And let's get the joke. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And because uh, in the spirit of holidays and for Marquis' big uh, self-birthday surprise that he's arranged, we've got a full roster. Now, of course, you probably would guess uh, we've got at least, uh, you know, the Jimmy the Gent out there. Jimmy, are you there? Welcome to the party, pal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first words, already a diehard reference. That's Jimmy. You know it for sure. And now, and of course, you would also assume we've got our good friend Johnny Heck back again. The errant puppy, finally home for the holidays again. Well, I hope, Johnny, you're there. Hey, yo, back and happy birthday, Mark E. You don't look a day under 44. <laughs> not, I have, I try really hard to not look any younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, and for you listeners, that Herculean effort is paying off. Also, because it's a special celebration, we have got a brand new friend. Well, I mean, we know the guy, but you don't know him. And we're just going to call him the Grand Mickey Finn. Mickey Finn. What's up? Thanks for having me. Ooh, there he is. I'm in oh, town for Mark's birthday. Great to birthday. have you, too, Mickey. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Uh, we've got, uh, we've got, uh, potentially hours of Christmas and lightly birthday theme conversation coming up, but we're going to try and trim it down a little from that. Uh, but mm-hmm. we're also mm-hmm. going to be addressing, first of all, the mo- the new movie, you can already go get it, uh, rent it on your Amazon primes and your TVs of Apple, if you want, uh, called Fat Man starring Mel Gibson. You've all heard of him. Walter Goggins, you've all heard yep. of him. Well, you've seen him if you don't know the name. 
we'll talk more about that later. But not only that, we've also got probably the biggest interviews we've ever scored. Uh huh. Marky, you want to tell them who we've got, who we legitimately oh have God. on the show today for your birthday and Christmas? We have exclusive audio from a one. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Well, let's asterisk that exclusive, but yes, uh, Francis Ford Coppola for sure. We have uh, exclusive audio from a Alfred Ulysses Pacino. I feel like we'd uh, nail better if we call him Al Pacino (laughs) and a double asterisk on that exclusive as well. You're doing great, though. Bring it home. And some guy named Andy Garcia. (laughs) Some guy named Andy Garcia, too. Yes, uh, big movie stars, uh, um, American cinema icons, damn it. And we've got them. Yeah. Or at least Leonard yep. Malton had them and then sold them to us. Uh, yes, more on and that we'll later. We've got a cutting-edge yeah. interview with them coming up. Before that, like I said, we're going to talk about Christmas movies. What better way in than Fat Man? Who is the Fat Man? Well, it's Santa Claus, of course. Uh, uh, to to save his de- his declining business, Chris Kringle, Mel Gibson, also known as Santa Claus, is forced into a partnership with the U.S. military. Making matters worse, Chris gets locked into a deadly battle of wits against a highly skilled assassin, Walter Goggins, hired by a precarious 12-year-old after receiving a lump of coal in his stocking. Tis the season for Fat Man to get even in this action comedy that keeps on giving. It's uh, out on Blu-ray and DVD on January 26th, so a month from now. But you can stream it now on Amazon Prime. And I will be giving away a Blu-ray DVD. You won't get it until after January 26th, but uh, we'll give some more details on that later. Let's talk about the Fat Man. Yeah, I guess I, I, I feel like you just covered so much. I should have just handed it over to you. you. It's almost like you had this knowledge just right at your fingertips the whole time. You sandbag yeah, son of a all, bitch. I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> the point of the fat man is not that it exists. It's, it sounds so much better when you improvise, Marky, instead of reading copy right off the screen. Uh, it does not, He's actually. Really oh, good uh, I, I beg your pardon. Yeah. I beg your pardon. <laughs> the point is that fat man exists. and that. But I want to talk about how did we get to the fat man. Yeah. For, well, but, you can tell from Marky's uh, off-the-cuff description, and I also recommend go and check out the trailer. Uh, and then right afterwards, get the movie, of course. I'll give you a more in-depth look at it. But this is one of those, uh, I, and I'm a sucker for these, but it's a, a darker take on a traditional Christmas character list. You know what I mean? You've got, at no point does Mel Gibson come out with a fat suit, a bright red velvet full-body pajama costume, big curly white beard. No, he's he looks like old, cranky Mel Gibson living in the woods with a craggy mountain man beard. But that's yeah. his take on being Santa Claus. And I love when they do that, like, uh, like, uh, like Wicked. Not the musical so much as the book. Just tells the other darker version of Wizard of Oz. So when they do this with Christmas movies, are they allowed to? God, yes, they are. Christmas movies, <laughs> I would say it's fair to say they've kind of grown up with us. Yeah. Uh, uh, I anyone anyone want to uh, pick up yeah. that thread and go? 
Uh, are you asking one of us specifically, or does uh, any of us? I, I believe, Marquis, you would be well-suited to it, but honestly, I want to hear what Mickey Finn's got to say. Christmas movies, man. You know what I've, I've been... Can uh, they be dark? Sorry, what's that? Can they be dark? Can they be dark? Oh, fuck, the best. Chris, can we cuss on this program? Oh, yeah, cuss, cuss, cuss away. away. Yes. Go for yeah. it. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, shit. Shit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> ho, ho, hoes. Uh, yeah, man, like, the best Christmas movies are dark, right? Like, uh, The Godfather, right? Am I right? <laughs> okay, well, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to have to be in a position to tell someone that The Godfather isn't really a Christmas movie. Because that might... <laughs> Who knows? Undermine something we say later. Gotcha. <laughs> right. But, yes. but I like where so, you were going. Okay, but how about how about Love Actually? Right. Dark. High. Uh, dark. I think it's a lot darker than people give it credit for. Yes. Being. Yeah. Also, yeah. how do you feel about, um, let's say, American Christmas movies versus European Christmas movies? You think which one do you think is more cheesy, less cheesy? Any thoughts on that? Well. Are you calling Love Actually a European Christmas movie, or you mean like it is you know, yeah. Charles yeah. Dickens being uh, European I'll, Christmas? I'm going to say Love oh. Actually, like a little more modern. Uh... Charles Dickens make a movie? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of his, <laughs> a lot of his, uh, he's well, he's, a lot of uh, Christmas movies are right. Charles Dickens yeah, inspired yeah. Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I mean uh, Scrooge and whatnot. Well, Scrooge is a really good example because. Scrooged is a dark. Well, for one, for one thing, what it, what inspires the movie Scrooge, starring our friend Bill Murray, obviously is Charles Dickens. But Scrooged itself is a very dark film. I mean, there it's actually very scary. I remember watching it when I was a kid, and I thought that the ghosts that were in the Bill Murray Scrooge movie were actually very. I thought that the you know the death ghost, the the final ghost. I thought he was very scary. Yeah. Well, you want scary scared in, the in, uh, out Charles of Dickens' Christmas Carol. You hold out for that that death ghost. Yeah, it's it's ghost horrifying. Of, uh, like they uh, come to oh uh, that one's always the worst. Well, when they show Bill Murray like in his coffin and it's they're putting him into the incinerator, and his like you know the the fires at his feet and it's kind of coming up at him and. Man, that's some scary shit. It's as dark as it gets. Yep, I agree. Well, I mean, it's not Schindler's List, but yeah, it's it definitely it wasn't <laughs> yeah. going just for laughs. Uh, uh, it's but I mean, I guess forever, when I say but, dark, yeah. and maybe I don't mean Schindler's List, but uh, well, I'll just say it like the whole debate. And I have a feeling everybody here in our conversation, and almost everybody listening to our conversation, would agree. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Die there Hard are plenty movie. who would say, but there aren't any elves. There's no Christmas magic. There's not a tree. There's no Santa. It just happens around Christmas. Doesn't matter. Feels like Christmas. It's become a Christmas tradition. When so, it's a Christmas movie. Well, but there's definitely about like not a Christmas movie Christmas you would think would exist back in the late '60s, early '70s when they were making the. Rudolph animated specials and the Charlie Brown's Wonderful Christmas. That would be an unheard of idea. Now it's commonplace. Is that because of Gen X? Johnny Heck, what do you think? Gen X's fault? Oh, it, it, we're responsible for everything else. Why not? <laughs> I, I think 
you know, yeah, they kind of ran out of ideas. There's only so many takes you could have until you started kind of going down that route. And when I saw Fat Man, a trailer rather, first I thought, no way this is real. I, I just thought it was like that. I mean, it feels when so I thought it was like a spoof. Yeah, it was like yeah. that when I saw that KFC uh, Lifetime movie trailer, wherever yeah. the hell it was. Like, I, I, same kind of reaction. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I definitely want to see it, but I think this is born out of um, Bad Santa. And that was like the first one where you're just like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. And, but he's just a Santa. And I think that was the first real, okay, dark Christmas one. But it's still, you know, you still have to get the message across. And Fat Man kind of reminds me of that, at least when I see in the trailer. And, you know, to those who kind of crap on the idea of Dyer being a, a, a Christmas movie, I mean, Christmas itself is a character in the movie because there's a whole reason John McClane goes out, out to the coast to have a few laughs. Uh, if there was no Christmas, he wouldn't, have be, he wouldn't be there at that yeah. Christmas party, which these terrorists, you know, organized. So, yeah, it's definitely a Christmas movie. And fuck off who says otherwise. <laughs> well, hey, look, I, like I said, I think it's better if we don't even try to relitigate the whole Die Hard is a Christmas movie. No, I want to talk about Regardless of how it started, hours. people watch it every Christmas. It is a Christmas tradition. That makes it a Christmas movie. The more you talk about it, I think, I think the flimsier it gets, actually. But uh, I may be wrong. Somebody fight me. Go ahead. Well, I I just um, there is there is one there is one very direct line between the uh, Die Hard debate and this new movie released on Blu-ray and DVD on January twenty-sixth, <laughs> uh, Fat Man, and that's um, there is. Great like, timing on the release of that flick, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> available now on uh, streaming platforms. Um, but Fat Man is, like, he has a Beretta. He has a forty-five gun. Uh, Walter Goggins has, like, trip mines and, and you know, uh, auto weapon. Like, you know, he has machine guns. This Fat Man is basically making a die-hard Christmas movie. That's what it's doing. I don't... Do you remember it's, it's, at the beginning of Scrooge where they have um, the bionic man, <laughs> Steve Austin, is... Uh, Boom, yes. That commercial for The oh, Night yeah. the Reindeer Died? Yep. <laughs> right? So that's that's what I thought that Batman was going to be, and it more or less is. I mean, it's... It kind of is, yeah. yeah, yeah. It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that, that idea from parody to actuality doesn't exist without this diehard as Christmas movie debate. So what we're seeing is a new type of Christmas movie. Now there is going to be from now on diehard Christmas movies. Not I know, continuous I know Bruce you guys Willis, don't but... like my old school references too much, but I might point <laughs> to a slightly earlier movie in 1974's Black Christmas where Santa was a serial killer. Ooh. As, oh, at least okay. as being a, a seed of alternate Christmas movies. I can't I'll argue that, sure, most especially <laughs> because I've never heard of it nor seen it. Yeah. Anybody else You've heard of it heard or of seen Black it? Christmas? No, so we should just move on. Margo Kidder? <laughs> Not to say we should move on, but all right. So the seeds, you're right, were being planted even in the 70s. And I, I think, and this feeds into the whole diehard argument, this is my own theory, is that the Christmas entertainment, like, industrial complex for lack of a better word had gotten so saccharine 
Like you had to every year you had to outdo Linus explaining the meaning of Christmas to Charlie Brown to the point where it just got so ridiculously fake and unbelievable. The cultural, you know, trajectory then immediately started coming up with, all right, let's make Santa a a serial killer. Or let's do, let's recut the and remake as Mad TV did in like 2000 that uh, the entire uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer uh, animation special redid it all mm-hmm. as if it were a Scorsese mafia movie. I think it was as Pulp Fiction. Uh, might have or maybe Pulp Fiction. Yeah, something in that vein where they took it so violent yeah. and adult. It's it, it was just like inevitable. You couldn't make saccharine crap like that for everybody without, you know. I, no, yeah, that's, that's, I, that speaks to what you were saying is uh, not only did the theme of Christmas grow up as we did, but so did the movies. Yep. So yeah. so what was went sweet, like, uh, you know, when I was a kid, when you were a kid, that's what you really enjoyed. But then you grow up and you're kind of sitting there with your remote in your hand and you say, oh, what if Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had an Uzi <laughs> and everybody had machine guns and then a couple years later you're Frank Cross running uh, NBC, right? And you get to make those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, but what, why why can it be uh, you know, violent action movie Christmas, right? Because they like all of all of Christmas movies used to revolve around establishing the myths of Christmas, right? The Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus, right? Where there was like where all of these things were real within those universes, right? Where you so had to accept them with a, a dose of Christmas magic, right? Right. Like, and then Christmas movies, like if you go on Netflix right now, if you go on to holiday movies, most of them are about like uh, really good looking people falling in love. Mm. And it just happens to be around Christmas. They're not really directly Christmas movies, whereas Santa's real and stuff like that. It's just I know they're, I know they're romantic of, movies. Uh, yeah. A lot of romantic comedies and family right. comedies and like ev- like every streaming service has invested tons of money just to put out something. With Christmas in the title, but nothing has any well. These uh, are the, reindeer teeth, if you will. These are the <laughs> these are the bread and butter days for the holiday movie uh, or Hallmark uh, classic Hallmark, movies, right? Yeah. Right, right. Like right. they make right. all their they save it up and spend all year making nine holiday movies that they throw out right now. Uh, but I think also what you're describing is what uh, Mickey called the uh, the European cheesy Christmas movie that Love Actually set a template for it actually by actually making yeah. like nine movies at once. <laughs> yeah. I think over there they just call it late Christmas movie though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe so. You know, kind of like to Mark's uh, Marky's point. I mean, I, I don't know that a movie needs like this wholesome Christmas message. Like it's a wonderful life. You know, you could have like a diehard or a fat man because the actual sanctity of Christmas gets pissed on every year when people trample each other to death at a Walmart on Black Friday. Yeah. Don't tell me this is something new, man. I remember hearing stories on the news. People are kicking the shit out of each other for Cabbage Patch Kids in the 80s. So, again, when you have this mass consumerism and violence at the idea of getting Christmas presents, don't tell me our movies need to be wholesome and sweet. Yeah. Because I think 
Die Hard is more accurate on Black Friday than A Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, like um, you, Batman, listeners again, may recognize uh, Johnny Heck from his segment on 60 Minutes. <laughs> Boy, you just really, uh, you took a, an anti-consumerism I, I bent there that I did not see coming. Yeah, I can't disagree with you, but. Yeah. I totally agree with him. And Fat Man on Blu-ray and DVD January 26th. <laughs> Marky, e, you're really uh, undercutting the anti-consumerism the message with the plug there. Batman, <laughs> Batman is Santa Claus kicking ass and taking names. He's basically reclaiming the mantle of what is Christmas or, you know, our traditional, you know, if we were to describe it to aliens, this is what Christmas you, is. You remember in that Rudolph show where Santa was really skilly because he wouldn't eat, he wasn't eating enough? Yeah, I remember this that. This isn't that Santa Claus. <laughs> this is not that Santa Claus. Yeah, but uh, that's kind of it. I think a lot of what Johnny Heck is saying um, is kind of... Uh, it's actually better represented in these action Christmas movies than they are in the actual Christmas movies, which really is all about selling something to you, you know, because these are, well, I mean, it's almost like, what was Miracle on 34th Street trying to sell you? Hope. Movie <laughs> Hope. Childlike wonder. I mean, yeah, arguably at the very least, they're selling you movie tickets, right? Well, I think like if you were like Capra you got blacklisted you for being too consumerist and capitalist. Well, you you actually said it was a Hallmark movie type, right? And you know, Hallmark makes greeting cards. Uh, I did not say Gre- Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street was a Hallmark no, but, type. But I could see how but when Hallmark we were, could when we take were a describing... look at Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and say, "Hey." We can use that incredibly powerful sentiment to pervert that message. Exactly. Uh, they're they're just going to whore it out, right? And then so a movie <laughs> so like Fat Love Man actually. or Die Hard, I don't. I think I don't think that Love Actually is a Hallmark movie. I think it's a lot better done than that. Um, it's actually I actually enjoy Love Actually a lot. Well, it's your birthday, um, but, so you can say that without me following up. With yeah, anything. yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I just, um, I think that if you look at, if you want to critique consumerism, the Hallmark Christmas movie is your critique. Um, I don't think Fat Man is your critique, because <laughs> that is very anti, you know. Uh, you know, his... Mm, not uh, really. The whole, the whole story is about... A rich kid who gets a lump of coal who hires an assassin to kill Santa. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did that's only, as, as, as your own uh, summation of the plot, that's only half the movie. The other half is Santa Claus selling out to the government because business is so bad. Because, but why is business bad? Oh, lack of because morals. he gets paid hey, by, because he right. gets paid. It feels like we're <laughs> straying into Hallmark territory with that one. It's because he gets paid by the gifts he delivers, but he can only deliver to good kids. Yep. But he has morals. But there's no, but there's no good kids. So it's it's a, right. It's a commentary on society. That's I. What I'm the man. Yeah. Bringing everybody down. <laughs> there's no wait, good wait, kids uh, anymore, so he can't give out toys. Am I so reading you right here? Bad kids uh, create a bad Santa. 
And that's why we got Billy Bob Thornton in a fucking costume. <laughs> we got to own that. I we got to own Jimmy's that. Trying to I'm say fine is with that it. Batman is the perfect Christmas movie. Um, <laughs> it's very possible. Uh, Shay, uh, can you expand on that a little bit? Uh, expand on which point exactly? You want me pro or anti-capitalism? Uh, no, I want you on this yes. uh, on this Billy Bob Thornton thing. Oh, uh, how does he fit into this? How how does how does the bad Santa fit into this? Well, I think it's a I think it's a as Johnny said, uh, he marked the first time that they just came right out and said, "Let's not be coy about this. Let's just make Santa an anti-hero and like incredibly hard to like for two hours." <laughs> and then a decade later, we'll throw a sequel out. See if anyone bites that too. Me, I'm not. Uh, I I know it was a lot of people like Bad Santa. I'm not a huge fan of the movie. I'm not totally uh, against it, but personally, I I like Fat Man a lot more. And when it comes to like okay. an alternate Coming view of what 26. Santa Claus could mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I would like to know what everybody's favorite. Like, what's your number one go to? Christmas movie. Uh, uh, it is Jimmy. Tough. Can we at least do, put like Jimmy number like one top three? Go to Die Hard. I'm gonna go top three. Die Hard's my number one. I watch that. Have a big party every year. Uh, for my Christmas party is centered around Die Hard. Well, fuck that screams tradition. That, uh, Elf yeah. would be uh, for the feels or for Christmas joy, maybe. And then Scrooge would be for the feels. I watch all. I make it a point to watch all those three movies every Christmas. And if I don't, it might not be Christmas. Okay. Who's next? Mickey Finn. Christmas yes. staples. What do you got? So, so I got a question for you guys. Would you consider Home Alone a Christmas movie, or is it a movie that just happens oh, to be? Yes. It's a full it is, Christmas. Clearly, I, it's I feel like we've made it very clear. Yeah. Our bar is extremely low. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes. so Home Alone. As is a matter a of fact, movie. I'll just point out. Recently, I was on HBO movie. Max, and they had a whole section of, uh, and I'll quote, "It happened around Christmas movies." That's the so that they can put <laughs> the Die Hards, yeah. Home Alone, okay. and yeah. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street all in one thing. Got so it. obviously yeah. we as the demographic want it. So yes, Home Alone is Christmas. So so back to is, your point. Is Die Hard? I mean, really, really quick. Yeah. Is Die Hard on that list that it happened around Christmas, or is it on their yes. Christmas movie list? It was on. No, the there list. isn't a Christmas movie list. They replaced it. Oh. So, they went from uh, essentially Merry Christmas to Happy Holidays when it comes to sorting Christmas movies. Mm. So another one that comes Eden. to mind is uh, In Bruges, right? So like that. That's not really a Christmas movie, but it it's all kind of centered around Christmas. It's like an underlying theme, right? Like that's, I don't know. Deep Would, cut, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, Brendan. Kind of darker and, too. Uh, kind of what you're saying, yeah. Grimshay. You know what I mean? God, it really is. I hadn't thought about that. I, but I feel that like is those are the best Christmas movies where it's not like it does. Christmas isn't really like the theme of the movie. It's just kind of like you know, in the background, it just happens to be there. Like that's where it's, you know what I mean. That counts, and yeah, that just one like is Die Hard, dark, dark comedy. Yeah. All right, that's two. One more. And Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> love Actually. All right. That's yeah. funny about that. I, I love it. Fits that. the mold, and it, a lot of people love that yeah. movie. 
That's as Christmas. Let me ask you this, Mickey. Do you watch it every year, or do you watch any of those three on any given Christmas? I try. You know what? When I like something, I try to kind of like not watch it all the time. So I'll maybe every couple years. But well, that's bizarre. Okay, it is cool. right. I don't want to play it out. I guess, but yeah, he doesn't want to yeah. burn it out. Mm. Well, because he's very European. Yeah. Uh, if he, you know. <laughs> If he was more American, they they just blow it out. But the, yeah. the Europeans will try it a little just bit, a take, taste. A, take a, a five-year vacation. Yeah. And then, if he's American, then he'd have five back. slices on that grilled cheese sandwich every single time. I don't care if I'm <laughs> hungry. Mm-hmm. Hell, I'm watching Diet on my phone right now while we're talking. <laughs> well, there yeah, we go. I I think what part, what's happening? What part is <laughs> He just, Hans just found out that John McClane has a machine gun. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Ho. Everybody knows that. I, uh, All right. I'll see y'all. All right. So, yeah, uh, Johnny Heck, what are yes. your three movies? Well, I don't want to bite totally at Jimmy, but I do watch Die Hard and Scrooge every year, all the time, without fail, but especially nice. on Christmas. But I'm going to throw a couple curveballs. Uh-huh. One, uh, Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have a knockdown drag out at the end. Um, busting up all the Christmas decorations. I mean, that, uh, I, yeah, more action movie than not, but certainly that. Um, and very underrated. Oh, and I just watched Christmas Vacation. Marky, your background mm. just reminded me. Um, but the curveball I have, um, The Ref with Dennis Leary, Ooh, Kevin Spacey. Good one. I thoroughly enjoy that movie uh, and, and try to watch it uh, during Christmas. I mean, it, uh, Tragically underrated, and obviously Kevin Spacey with the hell ever, but still a great, great Christmas film, and and, and it captures the uh, the true nature of Christmas with a family just screaming at each other and eventually having to be tied up. So, yeah, those are my picks. Yeah, that those are great. Is I, I have forgotten about that one. Good call on that. Well, uh, I'm going to volunteer uh, myself next. Uh, I'm going to say, I mean, Die Hard, of course. But I, since that's been used so much, I'm going to come up with three others. Uh, I I am going to say A Christmas Story. I know that's cliched, but shit, that one's great. Ralphie, just like a loose collection of memories. Even though it wasn't from our generation, it was so relatable, so hilarious. Uh, yeah. And all of which completely based in reality. No Christmas magic, no Santa yeah. coming down a chimney. Santa was actually kind of a dick in that movie. Like uh, oh. the the mall Santa literally puts a boot to his <laughs> yeah, face. Yeah, that was he, a frightening oh, scene. Oh, he was in a mall Santa. Mall he, was, visit there. he worked at Gimbel's. It was just a department store. It wasn't a mall. Oh, a department this store. Is, I'm this sorry. This was before was, malls. I don't know if you can remember. You're that. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, they they were at Gimbel's, and then yeah. I forgot. Jimmy oh, used to be a makeup girl. Oh. With, uh, <laughs> With Don I Draper's wife for a while there. I did. I dated the makeup girls. I did displays at the department. Oh, you mannequin through. Ooh, mannequin might be a Christmas movie. I'm not going to use it. I just. Is it there? There was a lot of Christmas in that movie. It feels like there was a whole rain. He did all the holiday displays for a while. That must have been in yeah. there. But yeah. But I'm not going to use that one. Oh, what about mannequin two? On the uh, on the move. That could be one. <laughs> I don't even remember it. <laughs> uh, Mannequin 2 on the move is uh, is like the silly putty of movies, and you just apply it to every genre. It's yeah, brilliantly I thought written, it was a modular in design. Uh, All right, so Shay, uh, give us some more. 
What other ones do you like? All right, I'm going Christmas Story. I'm going to say Gremlins, too, because no one else has. But as a kid, uh, Gremlins 2? I, no, I remember movie. Gremlins 2 happened in New York. No, uh, he means Gremlins also, oh, not Gremlins 2. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, Gremlins is... Gremlins the that first. That is classically... Gremlins is one of those <laughs> other movies that is so... Um, that, you know, that one's more like horror gore Christmas movie, right? So that's not a traditional Christmas movie. But it does it does kind of relate to the magic of Christmas, you know, because he is given this magical Christmas gift that is the Mogwai. Yep. And, and he is irresponsible it, and almost destroys the entire yeah, town. He learns a lesson. He learns a lesson, you know, and it's the... Oh. Everyone's better for but it. But it also kind of Except paints for the Christmas as not such a great holiday, right? Phoebe Cates' dad died on Christmas. All this yeah. drama happens and death yeah. and destruction happens on Christmas. Yeah. It's uh, it's almost they the first time lady. we were allowed to look at Christmas and say, hey, it's also kind of depressing. Well, there was right. 1974's Black Christmas where there was a serial killer, Santa. That might have been. Oh, yeah. We, the mood not was a little sour in that. <laughs> well, I can't wait to do a special about that one on its 30th anniversary 14 years ago. <laughs> but in the meantime. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go. Uh, yes. I'm going to go ahead and go. Birthday now, you guys boy, have... give us the actual top three Christmas movies you think deserve the mantle. Go. That you've well, been watching uh, for I'm going to say I now. pretty much agree. Like you guys have all like, uh, you know, because I'm the last in line here, you guys have all uh, much like when I was growing up and I was never given <laughs> two two gifts a year. You guys have taken all of my movies, uh, um, the but of the Christmas I do get to select. And I'm going to say this, um, probably the movie that I've seen the most times recently around Christmas is probably Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's weird that that movie keeps coming up, but uh, I really uh, not I love that movie. I love the soundtrack of that movie. I love the actor. A lot of them are up and up and coming. They've all won Oscars since then. You know, they're all you know. But uh, I love that movie and how it really does center on the spirit of Christmas, which is love. That movie came out right after 9-11. You know, people were feeling really down. I think the actual end montage is everybody in an airport, right, uh, coming home. And uh, everyone's there. Um, uh, there's like this little montage and there's like this little voiceover. And it's uh, basically how when people um, try to um, explain what they feel, uh, how the word love kept coming up. That was the most that, you know, that that was the feeling that everybody had. It wasn't um fear when they're in an airport it was love they were happy to be there they were happy to be reunited with people and in this time of covid where we can't be together um you know it's a pretty good movie to watch this year is to watch love actually so i'll probably watch that when we're done recording uh now um but growing up the movie that i saw more than anything was a christmas story uh, tbs I don't know if they're still doing it. I haven't had cable in many years. But TBS would show it on a 24-hour loop, back to back to back to back to back. Mm -hmm. So I think of Christmas movies, the one I've seen the most is probably um, A Christmas Story. 
like real legitimate traditional Christmas movies. Uh, well, hold on, on this. Now just... you you open the door here, counselor. What do you mean, real legitimate mm-hmm. Christmas movies? And part B of the question: Have you seen a Christmas story more often than you've seen Die Hard? Yeah, probably. Wow, probably. I think I have because, like, um, I have had, uh, I have sat there for hours while Christmas Story was just playing over and over yeah. and over again, you know, and um, no matter when I look at the screen, you know, I enjoy that movie no matter what. Die Hard, I don't, I mean, I really don't know which one I've seen more times, but I'm sure they're probably neck and neck. Um, and uh, I do say traditional just because I think, you know, A Christmas Story, that's the title of it. It's a story about Christmas <laughs> very directly. I do appreciate um, that directness. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. Although Die Hard is also a story about Christmas. This happened on Christmas Day. But um, just there like is baby a, Jesus. It's like baby Jesus. There is this. There is this kind of. Um, I think you actually said it, Shay. Is that no matter when we grew up, a Christmas story does elicit that, you know, that feeling when we were kids, like we wanted that one thing, and we asked our parents for it, and we really wanted it, and there was this little kind of give and take whether you were going to get it or not. Um, a Christmas story really captures that really, really well. And, you know, God forbid that your parent wasn't going to get it for you. There's like this dread. And that was the biggest thing that you could think of. There was a time in all of our lives where we just waited for Christmas to happen. And that's what a Christmas story is about. Right? Would you guys all agree with that? Oh, like, yeah. When and you, you just you wanted keep it. Keep opening yeah. box after box and it's... You know, yeah. bunny pajamas and shit. <laughs> bunny you pajamas. Just, you realize you're running out of chances to get that rifle. Yeah, you're just running out of chances. And uh, it's like this, like, um, it's this escaping of childhood, you know? Like, it's just, it's like, it's fleeting. Uh, that That's what the Christmas story is. Um, but anyway, uh, I still owe you guys one more, right? Okay. Yep. So... I think that my favorite Christmas movie, um, because of its iconography, its music, um, its kind of timelessness, is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The claimation. Uh, it's a goddamn classic. I, it is, it's literally what was heard when we were kids. Yeah, it was on... I. Um, they would always they would show it one time it was like on cbs or whatever and i just remember like you know you would see the commercial or if your family got tv guide you could look you could, you could look that way <laughs> it, it, but, it uh, wasn't like we out in the wild hunting it yeah we got we got used tv guides You're in my all house so it was bougie uh, and shit got with family a, got that tv those, guide those, money. Those, 49 cent TV guide, rich motherfucker. All right, well, in 1981, it was on on Tuesday at 8.30 on Channel 13. We start there. Papa, when when is the Rudolph on? I don't know. This is when I was on last year. Just throws a TV guide at your head. Shut up, and he's burning me with cigarettes. Shut up. I don't care. It's Barney Miller time here. (laughs) So, uh, but it was... 
it would come on once a year and it was on cbs again or whatever i I i think it was cbs and it was always like frosty the snowman and rudolph were back to back maybe you saw a charlie brown special but cbs would show commercials for like three weeks and everybody was like and then you would get in front of your tv but rudolph the red-nosed reindeer uh is my most precious christmas movie um, you mean I precious precocious or precarious precious it's the one that i like you know again if aliens were coming down <laughs> and they were like what is a christmas movie i would show them rudolph the red-nosed reindeer first that's the first thing that i would show define them. christmas yeah. movie for us or we will melt your brain <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rudolph, Rudolph. So yeah, th- those are my three. Those are my three. Now let's get into something a little bit more serious here, because Christmas movies can mean different things to different people, and sometimes it's just a movie that came out on Christmas. Huh. Again, where you just have a Christmas memory of seeing the movie. Actually, right. Uh, movie theaters have traditionally done gangbuster business on christmas day so god help you because if no you're a teenager work. and your first job is in a movie theater huh, sorry you're the only guy not getting the christmas off uh because they yep. release and a lot of it has to do also with the uh academy schedule for the uh academy awards because you've got to get your movie out into theaters before the end of the year so christmas day is one week before the end get it in there and the public responds by going out in droves. And so I remember, I don't know if you were pushing, but I remember being so excited right on the heels of Goodfellas. To this day, the best movie I ever went and saw in a theater. Godfather Part 3 was coming out. It was a cultural uh-huh. moment. Christmas Day, 1990. You bet your ass I was in a theater. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? Well, on the 30th anniversary, (laughs) they're releasing a different movie. So I think we can all agree it was not quite the uh, hit on target that Coppola wanted. It was nominated for Best Director and Best Picture and I think Best Actor. So it did do well uh, critically. I believe it received none of those. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know. Sometimes being nominated is the reward in itself. And I think uh, that was the I've gimme heard. that they gave him. Uh-huh. But even Coppola himself, I have a feeling Paramount said, well, it's the 30th anniversary. We're going to do a re-release. And he said, uh, hold on. Maybe I can make a few changes. And now he's got a totally uh-huh. different movie, apparently. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, I wonder, should we do this now? I wonder if there's <laughs> any way for the average listener to get their hands on this in a Blu-ray form or something, Marky. Okay, well, today is your lucky day because, yes, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, this is where I do my famous copy read, and I'm going to butcher every single word of this. (laughs) And that's a Christmas Uh, promise. (laughs) It's a Christmas miracle if I could get through this. Um, Francis Ford Coppola's, uh, in this, I'm going to read this word for word. And this is very hard to say. Francis Ford Coppola's Mario Puzo's, there's two apostrophes so far in the sentence. Francis Ford Coppola's Mario Puzo's, the Godfather, comma, coda, hyphen, 
The Death of Michael Corleone to debut on Blu-ray and digital December 8th. Based which on the novel pushed by Sapphire. 20- is that like exactly. is that like Ruth, Ruth Chris Steakhouse? <laughs> this is really confusing. Uh, newly restored, brand new edit of The Godfather Part 3 celebrates its 30th anniversary. Uh, just in time for the 30th anniversary of The Godfather Part 3, director, screenwriter Francis Ford Coppola has re-edited the final film in his epic Godfather trilogy. This new version entitled Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael, of the death of Michael Corleone, achieves... Uh, I'm sorry, archives Coppola and screenwriter Puzo's original version for the finale, which has been meticulously restored for the finest presentation of the Corleone saga's last chapter. Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone, will be available exclusively uh, to own on Blu-ray and digital December 8th. That means it's out now, everybody, from Paramount Home Entertainment. The film will also debut in select theaters on December 4th. Again, you're not going to see that anyway. Um, <laughs> but we will be giving away a copy a little bit later in the show. But we do have exclusive audio, I think. As a matter okay. of fact, we do. They pass this along to us, along with this uh, copy that we're going to uh, gift out to one of you lucky listeners. Uh, and as you know, it's hard enough trying to get audio at a celebrity roundtable in 2020 because, you know, you could kill each other, so we don't do it anymore. It's all over the Internet. It's all Skype. And in this case, because I'm sure Andy Garcia wouldn't wipe us off the bottom of his shoe, uh, we had to make do <laughs> with what Paramount sent us, which was about, I think the entire segment is about three minutes long. But that includes yeah. almost the entire opening and closing theme of the movie on either and end. So Malkin. it's about a minute and a half of actual audio. But by God, we still got in there and asked the hard questions. And I think you're going to hear that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I don't know why we're uh, pussyfooting around. Does anyone have any objection if we just cut to the hard-hitting evidence? Not me. Uh do it. And, uh, make me an offer I can't refuse. All right, <laughs> then. You heard him. Magic interview machine, get us this audio. Meanwhile. Welcome, and thanks for listening. As always, Serialites. As you know, it's still 2020 out there, which means celebrity roundtable interviews are still just recorded Zoom meetings. Also, if you want a really primo, triple-A-level team at your roundtable, say like Francis Ford Coppola, Al Pacino, and Andy Garcia, then you're probably going to have to make do with Paramount's official edited copy of Leonard Maltin's Zoom interview with them. Well, that's exactly what we've done. But we're not going to let the fact that these people aren't here and we cannot interact with them in any way stop us from asking those hard questions you've come to rely on us for. So let's start right here with you, Frank. Frankie Fords, 40 Copes, Frankie 40 Copas, Francis, Francis Coppola. What is your name and what is the name of this movie, damn it? Well, it's The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. Did you clear that with the lawyers at D.C.? I felt that it could be provocative and uh, and a refreshing change. Also, I like the idea that Coda means that. It means a, a, a wrap-up or a uh, an illumination of the first two films, and that appealed to me very much. 
I see. Now, maybe if you can take a break from explaining the meaning of words to me like I'm a five-year-old long enough to tell me why change the title, why change the movie, what, what's happening, what's going on in your head? When I, I went to put a new title on it, I wanted to make the story more clear. What a coincidence. We all said that back in 1990. I began with the idea that it was going to be the the death of Michael Corleone. Oh, yeah. Kill off the star of the franchise in the title. Why, oh, why would the studio fight that? And I was going to focus on the main plot so that right from the beginning, you understand what's going on. He's making a deal with the Vatican. Whoa, spoiler. He's doing it so that his children can be... Spoiler. Once and for all, lifted out of the context of being a crime family. Well, spoiler, and, spoilers, uh, and spoilers. And in Jesus, the course of Francis. going through it, I found myself making these decisions differently than I had at first. And literally, I, by the time it was over, I had done a different beginning. I had done a different ending. I had done a different middle. I had made, you know, maybe uh, 360 picture changes of that different is amazing. types. Amazing. So, in a sense, it was a new. It was a new illusion. Acclaimed writer and director Francis Ford Coppola proving that even at this age, he's still capable of not pulling a muscle when he's patting himself on the back. All right, sit down. Now over to you, Andy, the 64-year-old new kid. So you got in on the third movie, but tell me this. Do you think you're capable of the humility and the compassion to step aside and let a better actor take over that role? You know, no, of course not. I... The reason why I became an actor was because of The Godfather Part 1, and that movie changed my life. I wanted to desperately be a part of it, like all actors of my generation. That was a very uh, coveted part, to work with Al and to work with Francis. Uh, it was such a great privilege, you know? Okay, okay, okay. You got the role 30 years ago. Now sit down and clean your nose off. You, Al Pacino, look, you made your bones with Michael Corleone's, you know what I'm saying? but you told me in confidence that you disagreed with Francis's decision to change the opening. Well, here's your chance to tell him to his face. Go ahead, man. Let her rip. I experienced uh, what indeed it had done for the film to open it the way Francis decides to open it. It centered the film. It focused it. It became a kind of anchor. Oh, we get on Zoom and you have a change of heart? It really captured the flow. Oh, Pacino, you sandbagging SOB. To me, is so genuine and so powerful. Well, no one asked you, Andy. It was like a different movie uh, with its... Oh, God, now you got Coppola going with a again. Different, uh, a different feel, a different style, and a different resolution. And very moving, I must say. It was, we were all, uh, the whole group was in tears after, after seeing it. All right. Well, it's pretty clear no one's breaking rank in this little kumbaya love fest. So, uh, I don't know. I guess everybody go check out The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. You can find it on demand, et cetera, et cetera. Listen, guys. Also, I just want to say I'm such a fan. Thank you. I hope I didn't cross the line. Do you guys want to go grab a drink together? You know, no, of course not. Well, that's fair. In any case, interview over. Oh, 
at that. The Christmas spirit as seen in a cereal. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, uh, just like everybody listening, I only got the audio of that. But thinking back, as I remember that commercial, Fred, uh, or no, uh, Barney dressed up like a fake Santa Claus uh-huh. in order to break into Fred's house yep. to steal his Fruity Pebbles. Yep. At the same time, the real Santa Claus was there. Yep. Fred busted him. Yes. Meaning Barney uh, was probably about to beat him senseless because I think we all know Fred Flintstone had a bit of a domestic issue. Uh, but then Santa Claus got him to forgive Barney. Yeah. Is that what it was? I think, Is that yeah. what we yeah, just heard? Awkward, I think, uh, I think you've prehistoric heard. three-way, I think. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it's a euphemism for... Uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call it when you're uh, when you have to watch your wife bang somebody else? Oh, a key party. Uh, you no. What oh, is it? you know what? I think I just went to the wrong key party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was gonna say whoever enters that really quickly uh, needs to be needs to be shamed. I'm gonna throw it out there. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know what you're talking about at all. Uh, cuckold, cuckold, right. cuckold. That's what, what he said. <laughs> Well, joke's on them. That was my cousin. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. That was Fred Flintstone. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's Merry Christmas. Christmas. Um, and let's revisit uh, a theme we, we touched on a little earlier in the show. Happy yes, uh, birthday, Mark E. Get them up, listeners. Oh, thank you, everyone everybody. Everyone in the studio. Um, cheers. cheers. I want to say that I think the wise men missed it by about 1,974 years in this case. Oh, thank you. That's true. Happy birthday, um, buddy. Thanks, everybody. I want to share a drink with everybody that can hear this. Uh, everybody's glasses are raised, more or less. Everybody, come on. There Cheers. you go. I can see everybody. Okay. All right, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my very amazing birthday traditions, which happens to also be a Christmas tradition, is that I get to see any goddamn movie I want to, and nobody is working uh except for the poor saps that work at a movie theater and so um (laughs) i have many uh, i have many fine memories of of going to see a movie at christmas yeah Um, on christmas Christmas Day, day it's actually a big movie premiere date right it's like july 4th Yes. You know, well, not quite the kickoff to the block, but but it's a uh, kickoff to Oscar season. So it's a big deal in Hollywood, and a lot of people go out like, you know, movie theaters. Up until recently, definitely were open for business and well, a lot of our Christmas a lot of day because you had a lot of big releases. And a lot of our chosen brothers and sisters out there would use the opportunity to go see a movie without the. Uh, Without the, uh, the the Christians and uh, everybody out there, so uh, yeah, it, it, it's always like a big like scene, you know. And it's kind of like special yeah. too as a kid because you open your presents and then once in a while you get to go see like a movie too. It's like oh, it is Christmas. Yeah, that 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 it it feels like you were trying really hard not to say Jew. 
Are, are you Jewish, Johnny Heck? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm trying to get what you mean. Like, is this no. like a, a duck dinner at a Chinese restaurant on Christmas? No, no, Sometimes the dog eats your turkey, bro. That's a quote, yeah. not directly racist, y'all. No, yeah, okay. obviously, our, our Jewish friends would seize the opportunity to go out and go to the movies because most of uh, you know the Christmas celebrators would still be at home, but. Um, yeah, once in a while, I remember the fam. Okay, well, now I feel bad because there were quite a number of Christmases that me and my, you know, uh, not especially religious, but uh, Methodist, at least, family would go out to the movie theater on Christmas Day. Uh-huh. I mean, we would, it's not like we didn't have Christmas presents to unwrap and whatnot, but, you know, then there's another eight hours at least. Uh, did anybody else go out to see movies on Christmas Day? Now I'm feeling a little guilty rarely. and exposed I, here. No, I think that's the whole point of this conversation is oh, okay. that we Thank all God. did. Do. But uh, I believe that you, Dan Grimshay, in 1990, I, I know where you were. Oh. And on December yeah. 25th, 1990, I know where you were. Tell the audience where the hell you were on December 25th of 1990. Well, of course, and, I, and I'm proud to say it church oh, good for you following that at some point i'm sure <laughs> that was a lie actually but we did go God i got knows. to and i set this up this was one of my christmas presents this year i guarantee was that i got to go see the godfather 3 the day it opened uh-huh. which was december 25th 1990 the year of our lord 1990 yeah uh because this was i mean uh, Goodfellas had come out like in September of that year, and I don't know about the rest of you, but that was a I think that was culture wasn't that movie 89? crater for me that has yeah. changed me to this day. Yeah. So a mob movie, let alone The Godfather Three, and there was a glut of mob movies that year, but The Godfather Three, everyone thought, My well, Blue this Heaven. is going to be the only thing that's going to be better than Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you bet your ass I was there for all three hours of it. Uh, Yeah, but what was it like to, like, you know, on Christmas Day, see a mafia movie? Well, it turns out there wasn't a lot of Christmas in the movie itself. Other than that, there was a lot of mafia in it. (laughs) Yeah. And I, don't, I, I actually have to be honest because I think I would have been, let me do the math, bu- 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 13, almost 14. It was like uh, right before high school, mm-hmm. I think, at that age. So it kind of felt sort of cool in itself that I got my dad to take me to a rated R, very adult, very serious movie, which also, by the way, this part three came out. 15 years after the first two. Right. So it was like a tie between two generations. Mm-hmm. Like we all thought the Godfather was this far off mystical, like Lawrence of Arabia, like a movie that happened in the past and was yeah. a standard here. We got our own sequel. It felt like I was a part of it. I don't know. That was, that was special to me. So I always thought the Godfather three was better than it really was. Probably. Uh, yeah, I think, um, well, and just to point out, um, and I, I know this is going to get the hair on Shay's neck just spiking up, but... Uh, Other places as well, probably. Go. Uh, Dances with Wolves 
beat oh, The Godfather why Part 3. Why would you even three. bring that one up? <laughs> it beat The Godfather Part 3 and Goodfellas uh, and Ghost oh. uh, to win Best Picture in 1991. It only legitimately beat one of them. Yeah. To win best picture, but yes, go on. Uh, I forgot where I was going with this uh, because it was just so funny to me that. Uh, yeah, I guess you rankled me already. All right, buddy. <laughs> Did you ever see a movie on Christmas Day in the theaters? Yeah. Okay. So uh, yes, because again, was my... it better than Godfather Three? Go ahead. Yeah, I usually see a movie on Christmas Day. That's that's almost always the case um is i go see a movie on christmas day um, and i have many many fine memories of seeing movies on christmas day recently over the last uh maybe four out of five years there has been a star wars movie that has been in theaters for christmas so you know star wars has taken up my christmas movie day even though they weren't released on christmas but the the movie that I can remember well, seeing... De definitely around there. They tried to establish themselves as a Christmas tradition. Yeah, yeah. They were released in December. So, I, I, you know, for the last few years, I was seeing a movie again on Christmas Day <laughs> instead of seeing a premiere in a new movie. But that's beside the point here. <laughs> um, what For some reason, I remember seeing um, True Grit on Christmas Day... Uh, this is the remake, the Coen Brothers remake. And the reason why this particular movie sticks out so much is because uh, I had gone to see it with some friends of mine. And um, one of my friends had married a German girl. Um, and I met them. Uh, I met his wife, when she was f like literally fresh off the boat here in America, and she didn't, and, and she only spoke German. And the next time I would see her uh, was about 10 years later when I saw my friend and, you know, he brought his wife with him and we all, it was like a big group of us, and we all go watch True Grit, which, by the way, is a maybe the best Western in the last 10 years 20 years it's it's an amazing movie um, i actually believe i was part of that group yes. oh you yo i forgot okay. that was a christmas movie for us too yeah yeah um and i remember uh, mickey were you there i think so yeah were you there too okay all right so a lot of us were there wait wait johnny johnny were you there i wasn't invited <laughs> oh yeah well that says something all right go on marky no need to address that but okay so aside from it being just a great movie and really a great movie to watch on christmas i remember walking out of this and we were you know everyone was excited about watching the movie and you know we're all talking walking out of the theater and i just remember this girl uh, who again did not speak english and she was dissecting the the story and the meaning, and she was speaking English like Margaret Thatcher. Like it was just like, where did this come from? Oh, you mean the I, Queen's English? Yeah, 
she was just like riddling this off. And she was just talking about how, you know, she was like pointing out all these themes in the movie and all this other stuff. And I was just like, like what was she like dumping on it? Do you no, think no, she was no. I being think she, overly critical or she was just excited about it. I think, she, I think she enjoyed the movie. It was like this, you know, it was this German person, this recent American um, well, who was watching again, as this... someone who happened to have been there, I do not even have a recollection that anybody there seemed like they were fresh to the culture or anything. So right. I think or yeah, that's what was we like really, really indoctrinated her. <laughs> yeah, I think it really got to her. And I don't know why, but that that moment really sticks out. And I think it's because of that person that I watched it with, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the movie, but I was just so impressed, you know, with somebody, uh, with someone's thoughts and views on this movie, and it just came out of nowhere, you know. And I don't know why, but that just kind of sticks to me. Um, and when I think of that movie, which again has no Christmas iconography at all in it, this is this is a cowboy movie, you know, uh, through and through. But it came out on December 25th. Yep. When I think of a Christmas we movie. We went out together on Christmas Day. Yeah. And we watched that movie. And that's the one thing that I think about. Whenever someone asks me, that's the first one I go to. So there you go. True Grit. With, uh, it's that a explains why movie. every time I watch that one again, I always have this nagging feeling in my soul that I'm ignoring and taking my family for granted. Huh. All right. Huh. That there explains a lot. That okay. counts as a breakthrough. But I like so to hear other people's movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. No better place to escape but a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Jimmy? Uh, no. Christmas Day movies. And if you say Die Hard, Christmas Day movies, I don't think you get it. No. I had a family that loved me, and we had big dinners, and we hung out <laughs> on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So we didn't go to the movies on those days. Do you watch something now? It's, it's pretty fair to say that we went to the movies almost every other day of the year. <laughs> uh, um, well, then you're at this conversation. Oh, so you're so fair uh, weather yeah, but movie I would patrons. Say, but I get it. In the movie theater, um, the first, uh, for me at least, the first one that I remember seeing in the movie theater a little before Christmas in November of 1983, this is a little before the turn of the century now, boys. Uh, would be Christmas Story. So I saw that <laughs> in the movie theater. And at the time, it was pretty hilarious. Again, I remember laughing out loud and just slapping my knee like this is a, one of the best movies ever, you know. Um, so, yeah, a lot of special memories tied to that in, in, in the theater and that movie. Not on Christmas Day. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just take Jimmy's spot again. Uh, I'm going to give a second one. Um, I remember seeing... Jimmy, uh, your contribution is now voided. Yeah. I'm uh, handing it I, over uh, to birthday Vito. Marquee. Birthday Vito. I, I don't know why. I just remembered this, but um, I saw on Christmas Day, I don't remember the year, but there was there's a uh, uh, Clint Eastwood and Charlie Sheen movie called The Rookie. Has anybody oh. here seen The Rookie? Yes, certainly I did not waste a Christmas day on it, but I okay. have seen it. Anybody else? No? Okay. Well, I, it's a, gr- Johnny I think Heck, it's I know a, you've seen I, the rookie. I have seen it. You gotta, you gotta understand. I worked at a blockbuster video. I know it's a foreign term, but I saw every piece of shit that came out. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember blockbuster. So do I, man. I think it's a, it's a really good cop buddy movie. It's a, it's really good. Um, but I saw this movie 
I remember going with my mom and dad, and it. I was still. I was in my teens, maybe late teens. Um, I might have even been an adult. But um, this is the uh, Dennis Quaid, Rachel Griffiths, Gay Hernandez, Brian Cox uh, vehicle about baseball. No. The rookie? No, it's no, it's about a cop who's a rookie. And nineteen and two thousand Sheen. No, no, I. You know, you took a valiant IMDb stab there, and you missed it. I had, no shame. I, had to hit the, I Just hit pick the yourself up. Uh, L- look in the other section up at the top of the page, <laughs> and you'll find there's, uh, I think, a, a 1990, 1989, 1992 Clint it's, Eastwood. It's not the Nathan Fillion, the rookie TV show either, which just mm. came out a couple years ago. Yeah, I, this was, I uh, didn't jump on that one. Are you? It's going to be around the same time as The Hard Way, which has a <laughs> similar dynamic with James L., uh, James Woods and Michael J. Fox. But if you hit that, you went too far. <laughs> Let us know uh, when you get there. Yeah, on, it was. Marky. Yeah, so yes, it was 1990, and um, one of the reasons why I remember You're talking about Daniel this movie, Stern, uh, Thomas Ian Nichols. I just Gary told Busey. you what it is. It's <laughs> no, Clint I want to hear what Jimmy thinks it is now. Oh no, no, the rookie of the year. Okay, all right, I'm it's sorry. Clint Eastwood and Charlie Sheen. Raul Julia is in it. Okay. It's Citizen Kane. It's, it's Citizen Kane. <laughs> and it's about a veteran detective that's not Charlie Sheen. It's the other guy, Clint Eastwood, is the veteran detective. And he takes on a rookie detective, Charlie Sheen. And you so know, it's crazy because um, they look the same age now. <laughs> yeah, they probably do. Uh, and so the reason why I remember this so well is because so I'm there with my parents. And uh, also, it's funny that this is in, uh, you know, what just occurred to me is that while you're watching The Godfather 3, I'm watching The Rookie. <laughs> Shay, you're watching The Godfather 3, and I'm watching The Rookie. Okay. And, and who do you think came out ahead? Well, I think I did. Um, because. Uh, well, yeah, if you look at the facts today. Yeah. Uh, I actually do recommend The Rookie if you guys ever get a chance. It's a great cop buddy uh, uh, genre movie. It's really good. However, the scene that I remember the most, because again, I saw it with my parents and with my aunt and my uncle. For some reason, they came with us. We were like all having lunch or something. We all went to the movies. But there is this scene. There is this scene with uh, Sonia Braga. Do you guys remember this actress? Um, sure. I Sonia have a poster Braga. on my wall right in front of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <please. laughs> she Oof. is this, like, Brazilian bombshell, you know. And the, the really kind of creepy thing is that she's basically the same age as our parents, you know. <laughs> like, but... Sonia uh, uh, Sonia Braga has this scene where she basically rapes Clint Eastwood. I'm not kidding. She basically rapes Clint Eastwood. And I remember watching this scene with my parents next to me, and I was so fucking embarrassed. Like, I was so uncomfortable. The rest of the movie was fantastic, but that movie... That part in the movie was so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> I know what you mean. Because while I was watching Godfather 3 next to my dad, it was like, 
This feels like such a cash grab. <laughs> like this, like this your mom is embarrassment to the legacy of iconic American cinema. Yeah, same thing. But they fixed it, right? With the new release. So <laughs> they fixed it. Yeah. Yep. So Mark, that's, it, that's 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 Mark, the hope. Yeah. <laughs> they they are trying to make no money at all. That's why we got an interview with Francis Ford Coppola. As a matter of magic interview machine, should we why just do I it say, again? By the no. way, Shay, that was the best interview you've ever done with Frankie Coppola. Like your your interviews, I, yeah. I haven't heard all of them, but that was that Cutting was edge. primo. Yeah. Primo shit, my friend. Oh, let Cast me tell you, man. I mean they Francis try they try to they try and intimidate you with their right. stature. You just have to keep yelling <laughs> at a recording. Did you have a bottle of wine on the virtual the table secret. the whole time in front of you? Like, just to <laughs> intimidate you? Yep, from Martin Scorsese's oh. vineyard, just to drive him crazy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mark, cool. I got to ask, in that movie, I, I, um, that Clint Eastwood film you're talking about, at any point did he make any baked goods with, like, chocolate chips or... Possibly like oatmeal raisin. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the cookie, not the rookie. My bad. <laughs> yeah, you did not see the cookie. Comedy. I did not I'll see the cookie. Night, I saw, I saw the rookie, not the cookie. No, you're thinking of the uh, one where he was looking for all the girls' uh, underpants. He's looking in, uh, inside all the girls' underpants. You think so? Yeah, the, no, no, I'm thinking of the nookie. Yeah. He did it all. Oh, my, my apologies. <laughs> Can we all talk about Sonia Braga again, everybody? Because I, uh, I just was. We don't talk. Oh, she's uh, <laughs> she's the actress from. Is it Honduras or uh, Kashyyyk? Where is she from? She, I think from it's Brazil. Kashyyyk, the same place as the Wookiee. <laughs> 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 well, you can take the Wookiee. All right, I'm sorry. I, I felt like that horse could take one more hit. Let's go ahead. Uh, uh, Sonia Braga, Jacob's Ladder. Go on. Okay. No, Didn't I think uh, we've heard enough for me on the New um, Jersey Shore. No, no. What, what, what <laughs> no, is that? I'm thinking of Snooky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny Heck, Christmas right, movie. Um, what movie did you see I, on Christmas? Or Johnny, this is a good time to make a uh, True Blood joke. Snooky. Uh, <laughs> Snooky. Sorry to jump okay. on that. I never watched that show. Because <laughs> I'm right. a man. Uh, wow. um, going. I'm on a cookie. That was weird. Fangs so, of boners. Um, That's all it is. Yeah, you know I. Kind of like Jimmy, I didn't go to a lot of films on Christmas Day, but I do recall one came out December 24th, well, Christmas Eve in 1993, uh, Tombstone. Tombstone, oh. Christmas Eve. Uh, definitely not a Christmas film, but holy shit. I've seen that movie so many times and yeah. could quote it just endlessly like I'm sure you guys can. Uh, what a fucking yeah. film. What that's funny that that's that's two westerns. Yeah, that when you're talking yours, I was like, oh shit, yeah. Um, we're gonna drop those westerns on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I tell you, <laughs> box office gold. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe there's something to that. What other westerns have? Can I go next after Johnny Hex? Oh. All right, no, I, yeah, we Hex might go down a get going. weeds there. Yeah, yeah, you're next. So, go for it. Uh, I think I think Tarantino has a penchant for releasing movies on Christmas. Am I mm -hmm. right? And I'm pretty sure I've seen some yep. of them with Marky and probably Shay too was there. And one of them that comes to yeah. mind is Hateful Eight. Which oh, shit. That did yeah, come right? out at Christmas, didn't it? So mm -hmm. obviously it's not a 
another yeah, Western. Western. Didn't Django Unchained come out on Django Christmas too? Yep. Yep. Totally. Holy shit! Did yeah. we just fall into like a like a portal of Western release Christmas movies? I think so. I'm That's think, what I'm talking I'm about. Of, uh, is there something the to this Christmas? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that that feels like it was just destined to happen. Though. Well, I mean, well, this is the third in the series, so uh, you know, he's on a contract at this point. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's I the actually old just looked it up. You guys come here for <laughs> now. I actually just looked it up. the The release date of the Hateful Eight was on December seventh, ah, uh, but that doesn't that mean up. you didn't right. go see it. Yeah. On December. Christmas, plus yes, it's got the snow. It's a different movie. thing. I mean, it just kind of feels yeah. like, you know, those Western Christmas, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, like and you're just trapped right. with your family all day long, <laughs> yeah. and you're pretty sure everyone's going to kill each kill other and for so nine it, hours straight. That does feel like Hateful Eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so you go and see a three and a half hour. Yeah, Hateful Eight should be released on Thanksgiving. I think that, that title's more apropos. Well, Mom, Dad, I can only yeah. afford to come out for eighteen hours this I, year. What do you say we do three Tarantino I can't, movies? I can't stand all this arguing. I've got to drown out all these voices. How about a a Tarantino scripted movie, guys? What is, what is, <laughs> yeah, man. there is definitely something to that, and I look forward to some other year when we do another vaguely Christmas themed episode to explore that uh, and uh, and. In case I forget that episode, I want to now say happy birthday to Marky again. Oh, happy birthday, Marky. Happy birthday, Marky. Whatever it is. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, oh, everybody. No, I meant for, for that time. We've already covered this year. The guy's got enough. <laughs> are we just, are we covering I, next I, year, I too? Forget enough. Oh, yeah, just in case for next year. How about that? Cheers, Marky. <laughs> this is the first time we've yeah. ever recorded on my birthday. This is amazing. So this Cheers. is a good opportunity. I, I'm soaking it all up. I really appreciate it, and uh, especially now because normally I do host a get-together on my birthday. It is a holiday party. Um, You know, people from all over the world drop Mm -hmm. on by, and I always appreciate it. Um, But, yeah, this year sucks, and it's great that we get to do this. This is the Christmas Six years running. This is the first year I've got a really ironclad excuse not to be there. You know, people talk about how much they hate 2020, but there's some silver linings. I'm, I'm assuming that you you guys still made food. Can you just FedEx that down the down the road here, Mark? Um, yeah. Obviously, I don't cook for myself, so. Yeah, we're well, and that that's actually the funny thing is that any of you all can come individually by yourselves over and eat, but uh, you know we're keeping the groups down under three. Can I? So, uh, Can I talk about one more Christmas movie before we wrap this up? I would like you to talk about at least okay. one. Char- uh, Charlie yeah. Sheen, Clint Eastwood. He was teaching him <laughs> how to run numbers in New York City. You didn't? See, did you see this one? Mark? No, uh, I forget. Uh, maybe uh, what was the it bookie? called? <laughs> Is that that was like that actually the one they made the sequel? Where they got out of the the numbers game and tried to get into the uh, precocious breaking and enters game, uh, uh, and it was called uh, the Crookie, right? I don't think it was uh, the Crookie. 
Uh, that that was a stretch. I appreciate Owen. you getting your bat, <laughs> yeah. taking your bat off your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I think I, I think cut the struck out on from that here one. from that whiff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a foul tip, and that was like the eighth one you've had. Right. Well, like, I was uh, really just hoping at least that one might have been a flucky. That's a real stretch. Yeah, and you pushed me to it. I yeah. hope you guys all realize my computer. This is as much on yeah, you as me. made my computer go to sleep. <laughs> you know, uh, I do want to close this episode with another uh, um, conversation, real, real brief. Uh, uh, well, not a conversation. Oh, just we're a, great at those. Go. Just a quick word about the Godfather thing. Um, Godfather Part Three was clearly a studio decision to name it Part Three. Um, back in 2017, our our friends at Paramount sent me the 45th anniversary of the Godfather Blu-ray, and the Godfather Part Two came shortly after that. And I've been sitting on those Blu-rays. As it did in life. I've been sitting on those Blu-rays for years. I haven't watched them. Um, and then I, they sent me uh, The Godfather, Coda, The uh, the, death of Michael, uh, the Death of Michael Corleone. And so I'm like, I'm going to watch them all. And I watched Godfather 1 and 2 the first day. The God, and The Godfather, uh, Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone the next day. Um, Godfather so 1 and it. 2... Yeah, I've seen them all, and um, better than three or well, maybe this is a off mic discussion. Never mind. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what I'm getting to is that <laughs> to call the Godfather Coda the death of Michael Corleone, the Godfather Part Three is a disservice to the Godfather trilogy because it doesn't belong there. Um, Godfather One and Godfather Part Two, which I think is its literal title. It's because you're seeing two parts of the same story. So Godfather One, Godfather Part Two fit in really well together. If you call the third Godfather movie Part Three, it's just shoehorning it in there. It doesn't belong there at all. It's a totally different thing. So if you if the if you've never seen the third Godfather movie, I recommend that you watch. The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone, and skip The Godfather Part 3, because that's bullshit. Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone is a very good movie because it stands on its own. It's not Part 3. Um, and I think that's what Francis Ford Coppola was trying to fix as best he could. Oh, um, well, that's nice. 30 years too late for that Christmas for me and my father, who watched a crappy <laughs> three-hour movie, but... You know, I'm sure we'll get a chance to bond again before he dies of old age. Soon. Yeah, but I am going to be giving. I am going to be Wonder giving these away. Do that. <laughs> like, like now that uh, even Coppola has disavowed the movie to the point where he put a new one out. If I still had my ticket stub, could I go to I don't know Cinemark? Or whatever, and ask for my money. I was like, "Well, the movie they put out, even they've retracted." Kicking the door. Well, you owe me want, eight bucks. I want my four dollars and twenty-five cents. Right. I'm sorry, it's been uh, a while Cinemark. Been, uh, what is it? What do you, what? Cinemark was a dollar theater, by the way. 
So is Ladera. I don't. I'm not uh, sure where to go. Please don't make me show my cards <laughs> at this point. But any listeners who have legal experience, let me know. What's the recourse? I'm curious. And if you guys would like to own your own copy of Mario Puzo's The Godfather Code and the Death of Michael Corleone, I want you to uh, tweet me at S- uh, at Stay Classy SDCC. Uh, tweet me your favorite Christmas movie. And it's very loosely. Uh, I'm not going to structure what a Christmas movie is, but I do want to yeah, hear. I from feel you. we've spent uh, close to two hours letting everyone know there are no hard rules on it. Hey, yes, Marky, and uh, Marky, Marky, follow Marky, one more time from the diagram. Uh-huh. Where do you want them to tweet you? At Stay Classy S D C C. What's that name again? At Stay Classy STCC. And one more time. uh, And I want you to follow me at Stay Classy SDCC. I want you to follow Jimmy at Uh, SD Batman 66. Don't worry about Grim Shea. He's never on there. Uh, How about the Finn? Grim Shea follows you. (laughs) Okay, nothing there. Uh, Johnny Heck. You got it, at Johnny Heck. And also, Mark, um, if you see anybody or if, if someone tweets you to try to win it and it looks like me with a fake mustache, it's definitely not me. So don't <laughs> let that sway your decision at all. At Johnny Heck. All right, because uh, I want you guys to follow all three of us because I will be giving away a copy of Fat Man uh out on Blu-ray and DVD January 26th. You should watch but it now. But it's your because birthday, and you're giving out the presents? Man. Crazy. Marky, you're yeah. a goddamn oh, saint. Oh. Yes. Uh, thank you to our friends at Paramount for letting for sponsoring us today. Uh, we love promoting this stuff. Uh, most of it is very good. You know, some of it's okay. You know, whatever. But, uh, you know, today's really good. Today's really good. Pretty good. Pretty, well, pretty good. I hope it is. And uh, happy Festivus to the rest of us. Oh. Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus. I think, oh, I think is, it's, is, uh, <laughs> are we also giving away a, uh, a screener to that Clint Eastwood film? Uh, you know, where he, he just uh, he just sits on the toilet for an hour and a half? What's it called? The Dookie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, there was one. Left. I don't want I to end it on that. <laughs> There's gotta be one more. Oh. You follow the rainbow, you find a shit joke eventually. Uh, my, that's my speciality. Any final words of encouragement, holiday cheer from anybody? Oh. Uh, uh, keep, keep your head up. We almost oh, made boy. it. I mean, it, it, that shouldn't be such a tall wear, order. Wear but... masks. Stay safe. Uh, be healthy, get through the next year. Uh, Dan Shea, go. You know, hey, everybody, just try to at least get out of bed for an hour once every day. Take a shower. I mean, I wasn't going to push that hard, but that's a I good idea. You'll feel better with a little a shower. shower. If you're going to curl up and cry, do it in the shower. It's warm. <laughs> happy holidays happy holidays everybody thank you guys again for uh, uh, all these many years of Christmas cheer and whatnot. be safe yeah and 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 beyond that clearly that's enough of this are we in agreement happy holidays everybody 
ho, 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 ho. Enough. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.